Babes. Yes. We keep forgetting to talk about the death of an American icon. Who would that be? The great Kirstie Alley. I thought we talked about that last week. No, we didn't. Oh, okay, I guess we didn't. And then we forgot, and then I didn't bring it up when we were on the phone earlier. Oh, right. We, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, and there's a difference between the public persona and the private one. Like, in real life, she was super conservative and a hardcore Scientologist. But you can separate those things. In your case, you only have to separate one of those things. But you can separate that from she did incredible work. Right. She was part of the two most important franchises in American entertainment. Star Trek and Cheers. Right. And so based on like one of those things would have been enough to make her a major player in my childhood. Wow. She, I mean, I know that um, Shelley Long was there before her, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it, been, wouldn't it have been interesting <clears throat> if they were both, um, if they were both on Cheers at the same time in a season? That would have been really cool. Entire Instead of this, that one scene at Melville's. Right. In the last episode. Yeah. I, I think it would have been interesting. I do too, because like Rebecca, when we first meet her, she's very straight to the point. But we, yeah, very direct. We realize quickly that it's because she's hiding the fact that she's insane. Ah. And she's like, a, she's, she has a mental illness. Well, I don't know if the, I don't think she's diagnosed with anything, but if you <laughs> see her life is a complete wreck outside of work. I see. Okay. And then slowly that goes into her, her work existence. Ah. Then we have Shelley Long, who is like a Sarah Lawrence type, right? Uh-huh. She's very highfalutin, in a reading books, but like, you know, these obscure works. She, she seems like she's very intellectual. She would be a great teacher of literature. Uh-huh. And she's kind of full of herself. Yeah. And Sam's kind of there to take her down a peg. I would have loved to have seen a season with the two of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get that. We got to be happy with what we did receive as fans. And I, I've always found it interesting that they, it, at least at this point, they, they never did a Cheers movie. And they never tried to bring the show back. Now, you can make an argument, well, yeah, but there's Frasier. And I get that it's a spinoff, but it's a very different show in a lot of ways. It is. I don't like the idea of Frasier um, being rebooted. I think I should. I think it should have been left there, and um, you know, leave well enough alone. That's I, what I say. Times have changed. I don't think it's going to be the success that Kelsey Grammer thinks it's going to be. Yeah, just like the sequel to Coming to America, which I did not see, and I will not see. I think. Yeah, I... Not really my thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I almost said Shelley Long. Um, Kirstie Alley. And she's the first member of the Cheers cast to die since in the 80s when the dude who played Coach died in season three. Oh, he did die, actually. Yeah, what's his name? Nick Palisanto, I think. I think you might be right. I don't know. He was good on that show, but I mean, it got even better when they brought Woody on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's sad that she's dead. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even know she was sick. I didn't even know she had a cancer, but she probably wanted to keep it private mm -hmm. for her and her family. That's my thought behind it. Yeah, but that's it's probably just as well. She she probably didn't want anyone to know, and then, you know, the family decided to come out and say, um, Kirstie Alley is, is now dead. But, um, you know, I, and, and in some ways I'm glad she kept it private because, you know, if, if, if a celebrity who's well-beloved is found out to be really sick, then everybody fusses over it. Um, everyone on the outside fusses over it. So maybe it was just as well that she kept it private to, um, between her and her family. I think it was a short battle with cancer. It might have been. And I found out because I was on the phone with you and you said, guess who died today? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yes. Christianity is no more there, little zero. I could have sworn we talked about it last week. In private we did. I don't think here. Okay. Yeah, if, if we did, then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move on because there's not much more to say about it. Okay. It's not like she was Ted Dancing. <laughs> Ted Dancing, we're going to, you know, dissect his life. <laughs> dissect his life. Well, because there's a lot there, right? So he's a struggling actor. Well, I guess we'll start the obituary now, Ted. <laughs> he's not dead yet. Yeah, but listen, of course, the alley's dead. How much more time does Ted have? <laughs> and I am a, I'm a diehard Ted Danson fan. How could I not be? <laughs> so he's a struggling actor and he gets married, very happy with that. His wife gives birth. There's complications in the hospital room. The daughter's fine, and his wife has a stroke. Oh. I think a year oh. later, he gets the role that we all know him for as Sam Mayday Malone on Cheers. Okay. Show comes on the air. First season. Critics love it because it's, it's the greatest show ever. <laughs> but it's not a big hit with audiences. And then it gets a whole bunch of Emmy nominations. Becomes a phenomenon. It's doing great creatively. It's amazing, obviously. Co commercial success now. And then like five years into it, he finds out that his co-star wants to leave the show. And that could have ruined the show in his entire career. Uh, Shelley Long, right? Yeah, because okay. he had to have small parts in movies. He was in Body Heat. Mm. Um, he... Then when Cheers comes on, he he does some films, but they're not really that successful. But... Then they bring in Kirstie Alley. The ratings go up. And then he makes Three Men and a Baby, which is a pretty big success. Oh, yeah. I, heard, I saw that one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's odd that they're, that both um, Kirstie Alley mm -hmm. and Ted Danson, their first big films, are films involving babies. Right. Look Who's Talking, mm -hmm. Three Men and a Baby. Mm -hmm. Yep. In any event... Show goes on, huge success. He does a sequel to Three Men and a Baby. Doesn't really make any money. So he's typecast, but decides that he wants to leave the show. Oh. Last season, things fall apart with him and his wife. That's my understanding. And he ends up dating Whoopi Goldberg. Which is a weird, weird combination. I didn't even know that yep. until it happened. <laughs> show ends... And I want to say it's like a month later. He gets in a lot of controversy for dressing up in blackface. When? And, oh. Yeah, I thought we talked about this before. I don't remember. And roasting Whoopi Goldberg at the Friars Club. 
And a lot of people come out against them. One of them being Montel Williams, who, from what I heard, Whoopi Goldberg is still mad at Montel for this. Okay. Now that this is through the grapevine, so what do I know? Mm-hmm. And the presser kind of like ends their relationship. What wasn't known at the time is that Whoopi Goldberg wrote the speech and told him to dress up in blackface. Oh, wow. Because he's talking, and maybe it was known at the time, but it didn't get as much press. Oh. But I didn't find out about that until years later when she was asked, how could you be with a racist like Ted Danson? Uh-huh. And she says, well, let me tell you something about Ted. I'm the one who told him to do that. And I wrote every word that came out of his mouth that night. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but how would anybody else know that? See, that's that's why I understand why people would have that, um, that reaction. Exactly. How how would they know that she wrote it? Exactly. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, Ted Danson is like a big lib. Even before he left Cheers, uh-huh. he started fighting for cleaner oceans. He would go on TV. He would uh, supposedly he's friends with a lot of biologists now, marine yeah. biologists. So he knew how the ocean worked and all that stuff. And. It kind of it kind of puts a damper on him publicly, mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, he was with Whoopi Goldberg because things ended with his wife, uh-huh. and two, because you know he wasn't blackface. Maybe not the smartest thing to do. No, no. But he goes on in '94. He comes out with "Getting Even with Dad," which is a really bad movie. Uh, yeah, I think I saw parts of it. It wasn't that great. Does horribly, and also "Made in America" is released. That was bad, too. <laughs> yeah. Made of America might have been 93. It was either 93 uh, or early 94. One of them. I thought it was 95, but it, it was bad anyway. It definitely, Those two films helped tank any hope he would have of a film career. Uh-huh. Now, when Ted ended his run on Cheers, he famously said, I would never do a sitcom again. <laughs> Famous last words, right? Famous last words. Around this time, he meets Mary Steenburgen. From what I can tell, she's a very nice lady. It seems like she is, yeah. Yeah, she seems very demure and together. Yeah. And he... Now, a lot of times spouses will say things, so who knows how much of this is true. Yeah. They're still together. He apparently credits her with saving his life because he said he was in the spiral after cheers and after all these controversies and things were getting a little bit weird. But he meets her. They get together. And a couple years later... They star on a sitcom called Inc. On I, go ahead. I did not see that one. I want to say that was on CBS. Okay. Ran for maybe a year. Wasn't that much of a success. Mm-hmm. Then a couple of years after that, you, now there's a whole bunch of connections to Star Trek in his life. If you notice so far, so he's on a show with Kirstie Alley and Kelsey Grammer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that show ends. He dates Guinan, a.k.a. Whoopi Goldberg from uh-huh. The Next Generation. Uh-huh. Okay? Then he marries Mary Steenburgen, who used to be married to Malcolm McDowell, who killed Captain Kirk in the seventh oh, Star Trek Oh, I didn't movie. know. Sh- I, I, okay. Um, he killed Captain Kirk when? In the seventh Star Trek movie. Okay. Uh, by the way, I feel comfortable saying that, even though that's a huge spoiler, because that was one of the ways they sold the film. Mm. And saying this is the movie where Captain Kirk dies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not like it would have been a secret had you gone into the movie theater at the time, unless you were living <laughs> under a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does Becker, which adds Zia Dax, a.k.a. Terry Farrell, 
who is also married to Adam Nimoy, the son of Leonard Nimoy. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh. So he does that show. It's fairly successful. It's not, it's no cheers. Nothing is. I do remember watching, um, I, I think I, I, I believe I do remember watching Becker now. That but I it, about it. it's good. It's good. Yeah. And then kind of like later in his life, he becomes these elders, this elder statesman of TV. Like he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow. He was on another show called Damages. Oh. So he's rebuilt his career. Huh. What did you think of my eulogy for a man who well, hopefully will outlive me? Well, I don't think it was much of a eulogy. I think it was more of a, a list of his accomplishments okay. and non-accomplishments. Oh, he has, I think, three daughters. Oh. Yeah. It's almost like you know him even though you don't know him. Well, I, yeah, I, in some ways I feel like I do because I've 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 spent hours with this man from the time I was a little kid. I mean, I don't even know about the show Inc. Yeah. I know about the show Becker. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about um, Gulliver's Travels. He was in a remake for that, which was a, like a miniseries or an adaptation. Oh, I did not know that. On NBC in 98, like before Becker started. Wow, I did not know that. I want to say May of 98. It was either 98 or 97. I, I thought about reading that book because I heard it was a really good book. And I've been hearing about the Lilliputians. Yeah, if it's good enough for Ted Danson, it would be good enough for us, right? I think so. It's a classic. So yeah. It's supposed to be a classic. Yes. Yes. Go travel. Go So. And the land of Lilliput. Yes, that's my Ted Danson uh, spiel for you. Oh my. If if I get to speak at the funeral, which again, this man should outlive me. He's a <laughs> national treasure. Well, how old is he now? He's got to be. Sixties, right? Se- no, seventies. In the seventies. You got to think. Kirstie Alley was in her seventies. Oh, that's true. So while we were coming up, he was a good. 30 plus years older than us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's like 74. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are your headphones in, Miss A? No. Alexa, how old is Ted Danson? No, 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 no. He's not 29. Alexa, stop. Alexa, how old is Ted Danson? Oh, oh wow, right. I guess they're right on the mark. See, I know this man. I know his accomplishments, at least. I don't know this man. <laughs> it almost seems like you do. Like, he grew up here. By the way, yeah. I love Cheers. I, 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 and I love Ted Danson. Obviously. Obviously. But, Obviously. But there is something weird about the stars on the show. Ted Danson and Kirstie Alley are both fans of horrible politicians. So, okay, so we know that Kirstie Alley thinks he's a diehard Trump person. But here's what you don't know about Ted Danson. Even though he's a lib, he was a big, 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 big Hillary person in 2016. Ew. Now, in his case, he has a little bit more of a defense. Mary Steenburgen knew the Clintons, I think, going as far back as the, uh, like, early 80s, late 70s, way before Bill was ever president. Oh, I feel bad. So they both have, like, cringe political views, but I can stomach Ted Danson's a little bit more. I can't. Ugh. Oh? I think the, I think the Clintons are just a wreck. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, ugh. Yeah, he gets, uh, I mean, uh, listen, I wish he didn't campaign for her. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. But, you know... His wife and everything, and personal friends. I don't like it, but I get it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. 
even though like Russell Simmons said that he was personal friends with Trump going back to the 80s and then he stopped talking to him when Trump announced that he was going to run for president like Russell stopped talking to him that's interesting and then Russell got me too did he yeah wow yeah Russell Simmons got me too by a couple of different women I want to say uh-oh mm. that's interesting you already know this but I was fairly good friends at one point in my life with somebody who liked to drop names oh yeah I know that is yeah <laughs> And one night we're hanging out mm-hmm. with a couple of different people. And we're talking about rap music. It's me, him, and a couple other people in this group. And and people are like, yeah, I, I don't know what song this is. And I'm, of course, naming it like it's no big thing. And like, this is this. Uh-huh. This is this. Because I know a lot about rap music. Like, I know more about rap music than I do about Ted Danson. And my friend... <laughs> Looks at me, he's like, hey, Rick, did I ever tell you I met this, like, Russell Simmons dude once at a <laughs> yoga class? Oh, that's right. You did tell me that story. Now, and, yeah. to him, it's like no big thing. He meets celebrities all the time. If and, and you actually believe this person. I believe this person. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't met Russell Simmons, I I would have turned into a little girl. And, I don't know, and he probably would have been me too by me too. Uh <laughs> I would have been the third person to come out. But you know what I mean? Like, I would have just, I would have fangirled out. Wow. Yes. Fangirled out? Absolutely. Russell Simmons. Mm. You turn into a sissy, that's what you... Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) No, Bubs, I'm just kidding. I beat your masculine in your pups is what I do. What? <laughs> I beat the masculine in you, you pubs. That's what I do. No, I never said that. No, no, no. I'm having fun, babes. Bubs, I'm fun. You're putting boy. words in my mouth and I'm, you're doing it and yes, boy. I'm fun, boy, babes. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I wouldn't call it a Ted Danson eulogy. I would just call it a Ted Danson list of accomplishments. Nice. Nice. And maybe more if you find something out. What do you mean, find something out? I don't know, whatever he does uh, until the day that he dies. Yeah, he's <laughs> on The Good Place. I like that show. Oh, wow. I haven't seen it. I, I know you told me about it. I I just haven't seen it. I haven't watched every single episode, but I, li- I like that show. And not only am I a fan of him, I'm also a fan of his co-star on that show, Kirsten Bell. It's Kristen. Kristen Bell. Not Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. Even though her husband's podcast is a little bit weird, I do like her. What is her? What is his podcast? Oh, God, what's the name of it? it it's that Dak Supper dude. It's like, um, I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name of the show. <laughs> but he has one segment that he do, does, which I feel is like kind of like a little bit too woke. Where he's like, um, at the end of the show, he's like, um, and now my favorite part of it, where my assistant, who is a woman of color, oh, will uh, tell me all the things I got wrong on this week's episode. And I'm like, hmm. Mm. I can't go there, bro. Why couldn't she just tell him privately what could have gone better instead of putting it in podcasts? Yeah. What was it? What was the premise of the podcast? So the premise of the show is he interviews different people, and I actually do like some of the interviews because he went through rehab. So they'll talk I about. I heard about that. I heard he had like a huge um, drinking problem at one time. Yeah. So they'll talk about oftentimes what's it like to go through rehab and what's it like to be on this path of trying to figure yourself out. I do like that part of the show. Uh huh. 
but I don't really listen to it anymore. And it's one of those podcasts with a lot of ads too. Yeah, I think he went through, um, I think he might have gone through rehab before him and uh, Christian got married, but I'm not sure if that's correct. He had her on the show once, and I found out something interesting. What's that? Did you know what she did before she became Veronica Mars on TV? Um, I think she was in musical theater. She she might have been, but she did something else. What else? What did she do? She flew to Africa after high school and spent some time there delivering babies. Really? Like, I think they said on the show that she delivered, like, 100 babies in Africa. Wow. Yeah. For what? Well, was she with a group of people? Or? Um, I don't remember. I, I listened to this, like, not too long before the pandemic started. Wow. Yeah. That, so, so that young, and she delivers, she helps deliver babies in Africa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How long was she there for? I think, like, a year or two. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. So she so she was like a, a midwife then, it sounds like. Yeah, she was a midwife. In. Wow. And then she went on and became a big TV star. Yeah, I do remember. I used to watch... I think I only watched the... Um, it might have been the first season of Veronica Mars. I liked it. I gave up during season three just because I, I, I just had to watch something else. But the first two seasons I thought were very solid. Yeah, I I tried to get into it. Um the the I think the first season when she um uh that's when she finds out that something happened to her friend Lily. It, yeah, and yeah. there's stuff with her mom too. Okay, cuz I I didn't get into the second or third season, but I I finished the first one. I I thought it was good. First one's really good, second one's pretty good. And they did something after the show ended because I, I, one of my ex-girlfriends was also a big Veronica Mars fan. And we were dating around the time that the movie came out. I didn't know there was a movie. Yeah, and I actually still haven't seen it. And we were online and they had a, like a web series called Veronica Mars, The FBI Files. Oh, wow. We were watching it and trying to figure it out one night. Um, and we thought that it's probably like a prequel to the movie to get you caught up on the characters. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Huh. I do want to see the film. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. That film got a lot of controversy, too. Why is that? Because they use Kickstarter to help fund it. So, like, the fans paid something like $3 million for it to get made. And a lot of Hollywood types were saying, well, why didn't you get this film completely financed through a studio? Uh Uh-huh. And to me, I'm kind of thinking, that's actually a creative way to make a film. You know, because if you know that the fans are going to pay for it, then it could be financially viable. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's an excitement around this film. So mm-hmm. it's not just that, okay, maybe I put in $20 to see the Veronica Mars movie. But now that I know it's getting made, I have a big mouth, so I'm going to talk to you <laughs> about it. And like 10 of my friends about it, too, to try to get uh, them to watch it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but they got a maid. Wow. Yes. Huh. I had no idea. Yes. Do they still have Kickstarter? I don't think they do. Um, I heard of, I heard the name Kickstarter. I, I believe they do. It sounds familiar to me, but I don't even know what it is. It's a really interesting concept. I know that they have GoFundMe now, which might have replaced it. I'm a little bit um, out of the loop. Actually, there is another one, um, that is, re- that is actually, um, there's okay, so there's GoFundMe. I heard of Kickstarter, but there's also another um another thing called Give Send Go, which a lot of people are using. 
Nice. Well, the way Kickstarter used to work is if I had an idea for a project, I could come on and say, hey, guys, I'm going to make a documentary about Ted Danson's life and it's going to cost me a million dollars. I need that money in the next six months or I can't make the documentary. Mm -hmm. And if you donate, I'm going to this amount of money. I'll give you a copy of the film when it's done. If you donate 20 bucks. Yeah. If you donate 50 bucks, I will give you a credit at the end of the movie as a producer. And if you donate like $300, you get a ticket to the premiere as well. And then if you reached your goal, people committed to pay you, you'd get that money. Mm. And if you didn't reach that goal, nobody would have to pay. Like it wouldn't go against their credit cards or anything. And if you got more money than you asked for, you get to keep that money and do it with it whatever you wanted to. So mm -hmm. you could either make a cooler Ted Danson documentary or you could like fund a second film, presumably if, if you have that much money. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And unfortunately it was owned by Amazon. Oh. So I think they took, you know, their cut of like 30%. So if I asked for a million dollars, I'd really have to get people to pledge 1.3 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Excuse me. Supposedly, babes, they donated more money. They got more money donated to artists in their first two years than the National Endowment for the Arts has donated since their start. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that says something about our country in a way, because we should have a stronger public art program in this country. Mm. I wish more money went to the NEA. What is the NEA again? National Endowment for the Arts. Na National Endowment for the Arts. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know they get controversy. Yeah. But society needs art. You know. What what was I I I keep hearing about them but I don't know what what was the controversy behind them? Well, okay, so they they help give money to artists. Mm -hmm. And some of their stuff has been controversial like I think in the 90s. Mhm. Mm there was an exhibit where somebody either did a painting in feces or a painting yeah. in blood. Ugh. And there's been other things that have been kind of controversial. I wonder if it was the the same one. Remember that one thing I told you where this lady was giving birth and it was supposed to be an art thing? Yeah, I don't know if the NEA funded no. that. But at the same time, it's like we need artists to push the buttons in society that's part of the artist's job is to push buttons not every artist is like that. not every artist is but i think good artists should in some way and there's also controversy because people say hey if we didn't have the nea we could give more money to war and have more unjust wars in this country or give it to homeless people but i say we have enough money going to war like, what's, let's devote less money to that and give it to the homeless people. And also give some more money to the NAA. Uh, I don't know. Uh-oh. I have no idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was down that Neil deGrasse Tyson rabbit hole. Actually. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was really funny. Yeah, that was great. I've been trying to find out how he felt about that skit, <laughs> but I, I can't locate anything online saying, hey, me and my wife thought it was great, or my wife was super offended by that. I think it would be, I think, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Really did. Yeah. 
But I was surprised how little money goes to NASA. I mean, I knew it wasn't a lot. But the amounts just like one sixth of one penny of every dollar goes to NASA. I thought that we have been um I thought that there have been a lot of has been a lot of money going to NASA. In the nineteen sixties there was. But that kind of came to the end in the Nixon administration, really. I thought I thought NASA was getting a lot of money. No, they're not. Not in, and I've heard that not only do they get like less money now inflation wise than they did in the 1960s, it's actually less than like dollar to dollar. So for example, I'm making these numbers out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Let's say in 1969, which is most people would agree is their most successful year, at least publicly, because that's the, the year that we went to the moon. Let's say 1969, NASA got $200 billion. Today, they might actually get like $100 billion in funding. Mm-hmm. And that's before you consider inflation. Hmm. So it's actually, it's actually, they make a lot less money. But they do a lot of good in our society too. Hmm. Like because of them, we could detect breast cancer earlier than we could. Because of them, we have Tang. You know, because... I, yeah, Tang. Yeah. Because of them, we kind of like are exploring what our universe really is. That's how I feel. About I remember it. I used to drink Tang a lot when yeah. I was a kid. When I was living in that old folks home, it's like we had it every day. Yeah, my grandma used to make us some Tang. Yeah, old people love their Tang. Yeah. Well, there are better juices, but um, yeah, I, I, I liked Tang when I was a kid. And I still love my t- getting some Tang. Some Poon Tang. Uh, <laughs> what? Did you see that one coming? No. No. <laughs> Where's your noise? Don't worry about that. Give me, a kiss. Give me a kiss. I haven't been kissed today. I yes, you did. When? A lot this morning. Well, were we recording? Yes, we were recording actually. Oh. Privately. Oh, privately. Oh. Give me a kiss. Oh, I know it's giving good. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing I prefer now as an adult. Oh, <laughs> But NASA needs to be funded less less money to wars. Although, apparently Russia bombed Ukraine yesterday again. Again. Yeah, that's crazy. I heard that Russia was saying that the that if the U.S. gets uh, sends um, missiles to Ukraine, then they're going to face uh, some some consequences. I've heard that but too. Then, but then I don't know. I. I would be careful. I I know Putin has said some things, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like, like um, I don't know if we, we 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 probably should take it seriously, but at the same time, he's um, I think he's still isolated, right? I don't know about that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we talked about your girl, Brittany Griner. Oh. Or I, I heard that uh, Brittany was really a guy that um, somehow got on the women's basketball team. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like that's some like Alex Jones. No, no, stuff. it's not. Oh, well. no, I, I heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. He, um, Brittany does sound like a really manly. I've never heard Brittany Griner speak because I, let's be honest, I don't care about regular sports. So I have no interest in the WNBA. And le- she's only a star because she got captured in Russia. 
Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I just, I, I don't understand something. It's, it sounds to me like Biden not and his, um, Biden and his entourage are dragging their feet and trying to get um, Paul Whelan out of Russia. Okay. He's been there, I mean, to me, in my opinion, he's been there for a, a lot longer than Brittany Griner, and um, they were exchanging that one guy, Victor Boot, uh, the merchant of death, yeah. who I heard is a very dangerous person, um, for Brittany Griner, who um, broke a law in Russia. Yeah, like my hot take is, even though I'm very pro-weed, I don't think that we should have exchanged the merchant of death for an NBA player. Because, I mean, one, she did break the law, but two, there's areas of this country where weed isn't legal. And Joe Rogan made a good point about this. It's like we're saying because she can throw a ball through a hoop, she should get special uh, privileges. So I, I hate the death camp thing, but I also think maybe you shouldn't take weed to Russia. No, you just don't do... I mean, and it sounded to me like... You just don't do that in another country, period. Especially if you don't know the laws. That's just dumb. If it was Amsterdam, I could see it. But it, it was Russia. Come it was on. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the thing I understand with Paul, last name... Paul Whalen. Whalen is... When Russia reached out to the U.S., they basically said it's a take it or leave it deal. It's the merchant of death for Brittany Grimer. It's not like we'll take the merchant of death for Paul Whelan. So it wasn't like he was going to get out if they didn't do the deal. I I I don't know. I just don't like that exchange. I mean, I don't either. I I just I think that somebody should have gone out who actually did serve the country. And um, who has been there for uh, and for from what I understand, the reason why the reason that he was in there um, was actually um, he was found to not have. What was it? It was for. Um, I think they accused him of being a spy. Yeah, they accused him of being a spy. But um, that actually isn't true. And well, he's been in there longer a lot longer than her. Okay, I've heard the evidence is a little bit murky on whether or not he was a spy. He, he isn't. Okay, I'm just telling you what I've heard. Okay. But, and, what? And I was just going to say, it's it's not like they had the opportunity to trade somebody for him. Like Russia, from what I understand, and I'm, I'm not I'm an expert on all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but there was never a deal offered saying, hey, can we get three merchants of death for one Paul Wheeler? Uh, Whalen. Whalen. Or Wheeling. I'm not sure. They've never said anything like that to the best of my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it was either get Brittany Griner or don't get anybody. I think we should have left her there. Yeah. I think now I think nine years is insane, but she, she needs to serve some time. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with smoking a joint, but the fact this is, is a different country though. This is a different country. And yes, and these their, are their laws. Their laws are crazy dictatorial, but she she has to serve some time. And actually it was more it was like weed oil. It wasn't like she was smoking like blazing a J in Leningrad or something. But at the same time she did break their laws. Yeah, she did. I, I, I don't think she should have gotten special attention. No. Um also, too, she has um, said some pretty incendiary things about the country. She's spoken out about it. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I personally think she should have thought about what she did in Russia for a while. What did she say about Russia? No, about, about, uh, about our country. Oh, what did she say? Um, I don't know. She was, she was basically saying that, um, the national anthem shouldn't be, and of course it's just her opinion. Yeah. But she's, she's clearly come out and said that the national anthem shouldn't be played at games anymore. And, uh, she's basically being another Colin Kaepernick is what I'm trying to say. Well, I would agree with her on that. <laughs> what? 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 Dave's what? 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 I just want to see if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> are you up yet? Hey, are you up yet? Hey, are you up yet? Oh my goodness. Okay, okay. All right, give me a kiss. Give Why? Me a kiss. Because I need one and so Why do Why not a handshake? Because I'm awake. <laughs> Asleep people do handshakes. Mm, mm. Asleep people do yeah. handshakes? No, but, I but, but, but my point being is that I, I I think she should have stayed there. She wasn't even there for that long um, well, to serve out her sentence. Okay. Yes, he was only there for like, what was it, 10 months? Maybe a little bit longer. Uh -huh. But at the same time, it's not like she was in a, a luxury mansion. She was in a, a a Russian jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but it wasn't a, a fun 10 months. I understand, but she, she had to, I think she should um, serve at least some of her time. Well, I would be fine of them letting her go. If we didn't give them the merchant of death. I know. I, I, I don't understand that. But if we're going to do, if, that, if that's the option on the table, I say let her serve the full nine years. Yeah. I even mean, even though I don't think that there's anything wrong with having weed. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that we shouldn't have the national. Well, the cannabis things. oil actually is different than the plant. But I know, I know. But, but, but having said, I mean, she did break the laws. And I mean, what's really scary is that Russia could use this merchant of death for um, other horrible stuff. Yeah. And that's why that's where it's like, no, she should just stay there already. Yeah. By, I don't understand. By the way, have you been um, paying attention to what's going on with the Lockerbie bomber case? Um, I heard something about it. What, what, did, what did you hear? Okay. I, I didn't I haven't really been hearing a lot about it, but I know what you're talking about. So the Lockerbie bomber, and I'm gonna get some of this wrong because I'm not an expert on this case. Yeah. But basically in 1989, I wanna say, there was a bomb that went off on a Pan Am flight. I wanna say it was flight 103 yep. over Scotland. Mm -hmm. And the plane crashed and killed like something like 250 people. Oh. One guy who was part of this was arrested and in jail. Until I want to say 2010 or 2011 when he got released because he said that he was dying of cancer mm. and he lived another couple of years. But meanwhile, life in prison should be life in prison, I think. Uh-huh. And they just caught a man here in the U.S. who they think uh, either made the bomb or planted the bomb. I'm not sure which wow. one. And the judge in the U.S. said something like, we're not, the death penalty is not an option in this case. I don't understand that. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think he should be put to death. I do too. If you kill 200 if, people. If there's evidence that shows that he actually hit <coughs> this bomb yeah. and it killed and it killed uh, that many people on a flight, then he should be put to death. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think if you kill 200 people plus, more than 200 people, you're probably not the best person in the world. This is what I'm still trying to understand. Go ahead. 
Because some people that have clearly killed one person or or several people, right? They'll say things like, if I have life in prison, I can do so much for the world, right? Yeah. And it doesn't, and I mean, this is, and I told you that I've been, I was following the Jody Arias case when it was happening. Oh, yes. Because it was kind of interesting to me because she was, she was close to my age about, I was a couple months older than her and she was around my size and she killed her ex-boyfriend on an, on again, off again, boyfriend. And she was pleading and saying, you know, I won't be able to, I know I won't be able to see my sister get married. And she basically um, said something like, I do remember what I did. I remember blah, 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 which is interesting. (sighs) She, um, during trial, she she acted like she didn't remember anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she also said in her interviews that um, that if she killed her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend, then she would have begged for the death penalty. And I think she should have gotten it. Yeah. Because why would you let somebody from prison do things to better themselves if they don't want to get better? And, you know, I go... And I go back and forth. With I them. go very much back and forth on this. So my answer today is maybe even different than my answer on Wednesday when we talked about this. But I think that we need less of the death penalty, but it needs to be more precise. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we know somebody did a crime, like one person who comes to me in mind is Jeremy Christensen. Oh, yeah. The dude who stabbed three people... On the, on the light max. rail, yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing back. about it. That's a horrible, that was a horrible crime. And I think he was a racist. And I also think like a year or two after that, his brother killed somebody. Yeah. So the, the, he's not wow. a good person. Somebody like that, somebody like yeah. the person who was involved with the Locker B bomber thing. Or the sniper, American, the um, the, the DC sniper. Was that Lee Malville? Yes. Yeah. We don't really need those people. Around. No, no, they need to be they need to be taken out so that they don't hurt anybody again. Yeah. But then there's other people. So let's say I'm a teenager and I kill somebody in cold blood, but it's one person and it's an adult. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have life in prison. Yeah. But maybe there should be some talk about not me going back into society. But how can I be a, a contributing member of society from jail? Well, and then you have younger and younger people committing crimes against, you know, killing their parents, right? Or killing their siblings. I have mixed feelings about that. I do too, because I don't think they should be in an adult adult prison. Um, I think maybe they should be in a juvenile correct, a, a juvenile, um, Correctional facility. Go ahead. You know what I mean, a juvenile correctional facility, facility yeah. rather a juvie, and um and get get um get some uh, therapy and what have you, and see what happens to them once they turn eighteen. Are they already? Uh, should we already put them in the adult correctional uh, system? And if it's just your parents, then yeah. what? 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 I mean, the parents raised them to be killers. So. What? That's not always true. But I know we've had debates on this. Yeah. Some some parents actually did not raise kids to be killers, and they end up being killers anyway. Oh. Just like some, pa- just like um, 
uh, parents don't raise their kids to be child molesters. They've been to, they've been molested by other people. Right, but a lot of the times in those cases, the parents choose to look the other way. That there, is a thing too. There is neglect. There and there are some parents that. I, I honestly think there may be some parents that have been left in the dark because they didn't know what their kid was doing. But but that's if um that's if there was no signs. So I don't know. I I, I go back and forth with it. Mm. But um for the kids who actually do kill family members or they kill friends and they're under they're under thirteen, this is where it really gets It's tricky. Tricky. Although yeah, it's tricky. But if it's like a school shooting and you kill a whole bunch of people I got no love for you. I say this, you know, gas those kids. The kids who are the school shooters. But that's me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, I told you recently that I read a book about Christian Longo. Yes. The very disturbed uh, person who yeah. killed his uh, wife and kids. His sister-in-law was on the news this week. Really? What happened? Well, because Kate Brown commuted the sentences of everybody on death row, mm. and one of those people was Christian Longo. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so... That is just not good. I mean, we... Okay, we know that Christian Longo was guilty of killing his wife and kids. Three what, kids, yeah. What about the other 16 people? Do we know if they're dangerous... We don't, and Kate Brown's rationalization was, it's not like we're freeing them from prison. They're still going to be there for life. They just won't be on death row. I, I just don't understand that. Okay, now to play devil's advocate, and we know that I've mixed some emotions, it's been 25 years since uh -huh. anybody's been executed in the state. Yeah. So it's not what, like we're really using the death penalty anyways. From what I understand, there was a law passed in, I want to say, 2009 that also restricted some of the uses of the death penalty here in Oregon. And again, I don't know the specifics uh -huh. of that particular law. So I, I'm really mixed about this. I'm really mixed I, about this. I don't think they should have taken been taken off of death row only if and only if all of those people did really kill innocent people yeah and it's also too and this comes from the christian longo book mm -hmm. there's a difference in oregon prison from being on death row versus life in prison like if you're on death row mm -hmm. you don't get to roam the halls no. you're basically in solitary for 23 hours a day uh -huh. there's you're there's a lot more limits to what you can do yeah and i don't know if i like the idea of somebody like christian longo getting more rights just because I, Kate Brown wants to prove a point. I don't like it either. And if they are able to roam the halls of the prison, whatever prisons they're in, they could actually kill somebody or they could be killed themselves. Yeah. Maybe it would be better if somebody killed them. So I don't know. Uh, the, the, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like that at all. So the other prisoners are, um, the, the other prisoners are now, Gonna have to be careful. But there's a lot of other prisoners who are in prison for killing people too. For sure. Yeah. Like and, and who knows? I mean, they may be killed by the other prisoners. Yeah, I don't see Christian Longo as somebody who's gonna be going around killing other people. I see him as a douchebag who killed his wife and kids. Right. And he, he may very well uh die in prison. I don't know. If it if he wasn't on death row. Yeah, they're saying that these people will. 
although on the news, now they like to sensationalize things, mm -hmm. but they're saying that there's a loophole in the way some people were sentenced back in the 80s where like four of the prisoners could end up getting out of prison who were on death row. I don't necessarily know if that's the truth. I know that they like to spin things a certain way. I don't know either. Well, my I guess my question would be if they since they are off of death row because mm -hmm. you know there have been instances where people have escaped from prison. Yeah. Do you think that now that they have life in prison instead of being on death row, then they have they have more means to escape? I mean, I I do. That's always a concern. That's of mine. that's why. That's why, that's where I'm more concerned. Like, even if they have life in prison, they can still get out. Mm -hmm. Death row, you're less likely to get out. Because there's more people watching you. Uh-huh. You can't just, you know, move yeah. whatever you want to. That's scary to me. And that I, really scary and I know a lot of, especially people on the left would say, oh, man, that's very rare. That hardly ever happens. We don't need to worry about that. It's 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 not going to happen. Oh, but right. it's like, we don't know. And just because it hardly ever happens mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't ever happen. Well, I mean, El Chapo escaped. Yeah. I think he was found already. Well, but didn't he escape in Mexico or did he escape um, here in the U.S.? I don't remember, but we you, we remember we talked about it, right? Yeah. El Chapo did escape. So. I think he escaped in Mexico, though. I could have that it, wrong. It and, might have been. And in Mexico, too, he was kind of respected in a lot of communities, so it was easier for him to escape than it would be in a jail in the U.S. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's They should not have been taken off a of death row, if and only if. They were actually convict convicted, and there were there was actual evidence against them. So I I don't I don't like this idea. Here's what I would have done if I was Kate Brown. Mm -hmm. I would have looked at each case individually. Yes, and it is a case by case basis. Yeah, and say a guy who killed his wife and three kids, maybe we should keep him on death row. Yeah, especially since he was pretending to be other people. E yeah, yeah. Sounds like he's not quite, not quite there. No. No. No, he's not. Well, there's something wrong with his brain. I would have kept him on death row. I would have too. Yeah. I would have too. Especially, I mean, if they were, if they were um, all heinous crimes and all the evidence pointed to them, yes, they should not have taken, they should not have been taken off. Exactly. Ugh, well. But that's just me, babes. No, no, I totally agree with you on this. Oh, good. I, I, and, and that is a rarity. We don't always agree on everything, but yes. this I agree with. Yes. And tomorrow, my opinion could be completely different. So <laughs> I don't think I'm going to change my opinion on this one. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Okay. What? Well, if you ever get on death row, I'll come and visit you, unless you kill me. No, I'm not going to kill anybody, bud. Oh, good. Why would I be on death row? I would have nothing to do. <laughs> what do you mean, nothing to do? Well, I mean, people would be watching me. I would be in solitary confinement. I gave up I, all my technology, Bubs. I have... Come here and get on death row. Bubs. What? I have no desire to hurt anybody. Oh, good. Bubs. I'm just having fun, babes. Mm. I'm fun having boy. <laughs> or having fun boy. Having fun boy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. HFB. Having fun boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Babes. Yeah. I did read a book this week. Uh-huh. I think it's called The Stortus Rebellion. Okay. It's, it was really, really good, by the way. It came out earlier this year. And it basically talks about 
the workers, uh, the, the movement to get a strong union presence in the stewardess world from the main focus of the book is from like the late sixties to the late seventies. Mm. It was super interesting. So it tells us, it tells many different stories, but there's this one lady in the book named Pat mm -hmm. and she wants to become a stewardess because she's, she's heard so many great things about it. You can go to all these different places, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so she goes to the school where you have to get your certification, mm. uh, gets it, and she knew somebody, I think her cousin worked for one of the airlines. Oh, well. But not as a stewardess because he was a dude, and I can't remember if he was, like, an executive or a pilot, but in any, in any events, she gets a job as a stewardess, and slowly she realizes that it's not what it seems to be on the outside. So, for example, they have to pay... For their outfits. The airline doesn't buy them for them. The way it works is the airline gives them the outfits, but they deduct the amount of money that they cost in the paychecks. Mm. Then there's other things. Back in the 1960s, most airlines, with I believe the exception of Pan Am, mm -hmm. if you got married or became pregnant, you would be fired on the spot. Wow. Also... Now, this, again, is airline dependent, but the retirement age for a stewardess back then was between 32 and 35. That's super young. Mandatory retirement. Wow. And I think, again, Pan Am, you could be a little bit older. That didn't come into play until the 1950s, mm -hmm. so a lot of women were grandfathered in. Uh -huh. But any newer women, they, that, would, that would be the end of you. You'd be forced into retirement. Wow. You could also be fired on the spot if they did a weight check on you when you were a couple pounds overweight. Wow. Yeah. So, the, like, they tell a story. In in the book, they say a lot of women would either have abortions or give birth to a baby and put it up for adoption because they didn't want anybody to know because they could lose their gig. Oh, wow. And also with that... A lot of women, they would get married. They would hide their wedding rings, of course. But because, you know, flights tend to change, if they lived with their husbands, they'd have to have two different phone lines. Uh -huh. And the husband would just, no, don't answer this phone. One lady, I guess different people had ways of getting around this. She got married and ended up having two kids. And the way she would do it is she would, like, fake these sicknesses. So she'd have time off to pop out the kids. Mm-hmm. And she told everybody at work that her sister was killed in a car crash mm -hmm. and that she was the one in charge of raising the kids. Wow. Yeah, it was something crazy like that. Wow. So anyways, Pat sees this kind of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. She goes to a union meeting and leaves. She doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I, I'm not into this. And I think in the, at the time she was in her early 20s. Wow. She goes home. She gets a call from the union rep like a week later uh -huh. saying, you know, it was so great to see you at this meeting and we loved you and you're now part of the union because uh, we paid your dues. Uh -huh. A month after that, she gets another call saying, you're now on the board of the union. You're, you're like uh, one of our local reps. And like a month after that, she gets a call saying, you're the head of our local chapter of the union. Basically what had happened was the union was so unpopular 
people paid her dues and they needed to elect somebody to the board. So they elected her and the person who was above her on the local chapter ended up quitting the union. So she like, just because she goes to one meeting, she's now the head of this union. Wow. And she's not really wanting to make any waves. Hmm. But then there's a case of another stewardess who gets called into the office for something. I think what it was is she had gotten her flight chute dirty. Uh Uh-oh. And so there wasn't talk of her being fired, but there was talk of her being suspended. Oh, really? Pat goes to the meeting because she's a union rep. She's there to help the person. Mm -hmm. And then there's the businessman from the airlines. Uh-huh. The guy and her exchange pleasantries, and the guy says, okay, you're going to wait outside, Pat, and I'm going to go in the room with this one lady. Hmm. Pat starts reading the union book and realizes, wait a second, I should be in here for this meeting. Mm-hmm. Then the guy comes out and says, are right, we settled it. This girl's guilty. You know, have a nice day. And Pat's like, you know what? We're going to take you on because I didn't even know that I was supposed to be in this meeting with you. Wow. They get a lawyer. They fight it. They win. Uh-huh. And Pat just keeps seeing more and more of these injustices. And people are coming to her. So she's like, I guess I got to step up. She rises through the ranks. I mean, she already did with the local union. Mm -hmm. But she gets known as being this troublemaker. Okay. Because she's always taking on cases and helping people. The airline suspended her for, like, making kind of a snarky joke on the PA system. But it was, it was nothing, it was kind of, like, innocuous for our time. Okay. Before the 60s, it was, I guess, you know, more controversial. It wasn't like a, yeah. And there's talk that she could be, like, legitimately lose her job. Huh. She fights it and wins and is now kind of, like, well, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Around this time in the late 60s, a group of stewardesses have some press conference where they say, you know, they think we should be fired. One lady says, I'm 35 years old. And do I look like somebody who should just be retired because of my age? And so they're starting to get bad publicity over this. Mm. So the unions organize, there's concession, there's different things. At one point, Pat goes to a union meeting and it's like a, a national one and she meets Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. She hates Jimmy Hoffa because she sees the news stories about the Teamsters uh-huh. and the Teamsters wanted to help get the stewardess union into the, uh, the Teamsters. Mm. And Pat's not too happy with this. It doesn't end up happening. Okay. Years go by. We're into the 1970s. And they don't join the Teamsters, but the unions become very friendly. And Pat becomes, not friends, but friendly with Jimmy Hoffa and all that stuff. Mm. Okay. There's another lady in the book. I I forget her name, and you know how I am with names. Mm. So I'm not going to remember it now. And she joins the union, too. We're going to get back to her in a minute. Things are starting to change for the stewardesses because more men are going into the field. Mm Mm-hmm. And there were, like, sexist things that would go on. So the pilots would oftentimes go onto a plane, introduce themselves to the male, male stu- stewards, and not and completely ignore the females. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's interesting, and I didn't know this, apparently a lot of stewards and stewardesses were gay. 
Yeah, I remember you told me yeah. that. Like, really? Like a lot, a lot. Apparently, so they were in the they, were, but but they weren't really open about it. They weren't really open about it. But like Pat turns out she's gay, and I say turns out because she never really thinks about whether somebody's a man or a woman until she's driving her car one day and she sees this fellow stewardess, and they sort of become lovers. And they're together for a while, but then the lady dumps Pat because I guess she didn't want her family to find out. Oh. So Pat's more bisexual, and then she she's like realizes that she's more gay. And, and um, excuse me if I'm wrong, by the way, but maybe she's just ended up in female relationships over the years. But time goes by. <clears throat> more and more concessions start to be made. And at one point, the union... The unions are, are more and more powerful. They're negotiating and they want a couple of things. One, a big raise. Two, they don't want somebody to get fired because of their weight. And three, and this is actually the most important issue at the time, they want separate hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. So meaning, if you fly somewhere, at least back then, pilots would get, each of them would get their own rooms mm -hmm. and the stewardess would have to share a room. Like wow. It would be like two to a room. So, wow. Right. So, like, there's the obvious of it's not fun sharing a bathroom with somebody. No, it is. But then there's the other thing of it's a safety concern because let's say I'm a stewardess on one flight and you're on another. And I'm told I'm roaming with Alana JLo. Now, obviously, I'm a guy. There's also a lot of racism back there. So, we wouldn't be put in the same room anyway. But go, go along with this for me. Because your flight comes in later, I have to keep the door unlocked. Mm. And that's that could be a safety concern in case there's, like, a rapist at the hotel. Yeah. Right? And there's also the issue of different people have different sleeping schedules. Uh -huh. So if I like to read at night, but you keep the lights off. Yeah. Like, Pat said that she would do all of her reading in the bathtub. Oh, wow. de depending on who her roommate was. Uh-huh. And that's their main thing. They want that more than the money. Yeah. They want more privacy. They want more privacy. Wow. Airlines refuse to give it to them. And there's this one guy who's involved. I forget his name, but he he's like the union rep for the airlines. And he's like, they, they will never strike over this. They're gonna accept, they're gonna accept this deal. We're giving them more money. We're just not giving them each a room. It goes to a vote. Union votes to strike. So guy says, okay, I'm gonna go out on the road. And I'm going to plead my case in front of the unions and I'm going to sell it to them. Goes to a meeting in New York and he gets booed. Wow. Goes to a meeting in Texas and he gets booed. Wow. So he stops this tour. The union vo votes to strike again. And the airlines eventually concede mm -hmm. that they need to, that stewardesses need their own rooms. Mm. I'm leaving a lot out of this book. Mm -hmm. So... But there are other problems with the union. <clears throat> they um, <clears throat> Gloria Steinem put out a magazine called, called Ms. Magazine in 72 or 73. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard of Ms. Magazine, but I, I haven't read it. I'm a guy, and, and I was born later than this. <laughs> I haven't heard of it either. But in the book, it makes it sound like this was a big deal. And, and the sortuses would talk to Gloria Steinem, and she was very in favor of their side of the case. She looked at things. And they said that that was a big boost. They got a lot of grants. Pat felt like their union wasn't really doing enough for them. Hmm. So she decides, along with some of her friends, 
well, what if we started a new union? Mm-hmm. Because the union that the uh, flight attendants are with are also, um, they're associated with the unions for the mechanics mm-hmm. and for the pilots. Oh, and wow. I don't know how all that stuff works because I'm not an expert. Uh-huh. Right. But they, they are, even though they negotiate separately. And Pat sees that the mechanics get paid more than them. There are certain other things they get, and the stewardesses don't. Okay. They can start passing out cards. This is the way that it worked back then. And they can start passing out cards to members of the union. Mm -hmm. And if the union votes 50% plus one person to leave their current union, Mm -hmm. they can go and start a new union. But it has to be, the vote has to be taken one year or less after the first cards are passed out. So what Pat does and some of her friends is they start talking to people before they start passing out cards. And then they start passing out cards and then they realize that's not going to be enough. So they would like leave little stickers around airplanes so that people would see that they're trying to get a new union started. Now, the other lady whose name I can't remember as a president of the the union is upset with this. Mm -hmm. They call Pat in and basically say, you're now kind of technically working for two unions. We're kicking you out of this one. Pat goes. They do a lot of work and they get their new union, which I believe is still around. It's like the APFA, I want to say. And I could have that wrong because you know I am with stuff. Yes. Okay. And they're very excited. The lady who was president of the the national chapter, the national president of the first union, Mm -hmm. she she finds out that they lost. She has some of her friends come over to the office and they take as many of the documents away as possible. Now, here's why that's important. The other unions, meaning the mechanics union and whatnot, come by the next morning because they want those documentations because they want to have access to all the grievances. They want access to their statistics because that lady had the documents taken away. Mm -hmm. It it saved the new union, which we're going to call the APFA Mm -hmm. a lot of time because they had a lot more information than they would have otherwise. And the lady said in the book, listen, I didn't want to change unions. It wasn't my plan. But as soon as this became my new union, it was my union. So I had to fight for it. Hmm. Did this lady write the book? No, it was written by a reporter. Okay. And there were and uh, most of the people from the story are still alive. Wow. Which made it so she had access to not only documents but she could talk to them. There's a few exceptions, but most of them were. Wow. Yeah. And Pat and her friends really didn't think about how they were going to run this union. They just wanted a new one. Mm-hmm. She's the acting president. I won't go through everything, but it's basically they the two the two of them had to learn to uh, work together. Pat and the president of the old union, mm-hmm. and a couple other people. So at one point, um, there's like some union meetings. They hire a lawyer, and the lawyer goes to Pat. I think she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. And she goes to Pat and says, "I have a question for you. Are you a lesbian?" And Pat's like, "Yeah, I am." I have a question for you. Are you married? And she's like, yeah, I am. And she's like, all right, let's never talk about this again. (laughs) Like a year or two later, there's like a big union retreat or it's a negotiation. You know, I am with details. And 
the one lady who was the ex-president of the union was in a room with the the person who was married, who Pat had that exchange with. Uh-huh. She leaves and she puts the the uh, lady's stuff in the Pat's room. Mm-hmm. So now Pat has a roommate. Okay. They fall in love and are together to this day. The, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. The one who was married? The one who was married left her husband and her uh, after that weekend and her and Pat are apparently still together. That's crazy. Yeah, this is like 1980. Especially since they said, let's never talk about it again. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a lot of the book. I, I, I really enjoy this. I would give this book four out of five stars. Oh, wow. What do you think of all the stuff I just said? I know it's a lot. Uh, I'm pretty overwhelmed, um, oh. I guess. There's a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, what really struck me was when you said that a lot of the women um, did not come out of the closet. Yeah. But that there were a lot of them there and nobody knew about it. Yeah. Thought, oh, wow. That's, I mean, they would come out of the closet to their friends. To their friends, yeah. Yeah. And there was also other stuff, too, like... They'd have to transport uh, uh, set that uh, admitted radiation, and a lot of women suffered from that. It, it's it's a really good book. I I don't think I did it justice. Mm. Yes, babes. Yes. What have you been reading? Well, um, I'm almost close to eighty percent of eleven twenty two sixty three. It yeah. is a a long book, but it 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 doesn't disappoint. I will say this, mm-hmm. and where I left off. And I, I won't talk about everything, but um, the most important thing right now is that not only is um, not only is Jake trying to stop the Kennedy assassination and the Edwin Walker assassination, but um, his Jake slash George's girlfriend Sadie Dunhill has just been attacked by her ex. John Clayton because he broke into her house then he kills himself on the spot and she's left to pick up the pieces of what used to be her face and they uh, uh, Jake moves in with Mr. Deke Simmons who has become a very good friend of his and Jody and he's been spending as min- as much time as um, he she's he's been spending um as much quality time with Sadie as possible and one of his ex students has an idea to raise money for her medical expenses so they have the Jody Jamboree um she was um convinced by Ellen Doherty the principal that she needs to stop feeling sorry for herself so she arrives at school uh with her with her one good side of her face and the one bad side of her face showing. She goes to the event. Yes. Yeah. Or not, not the school, but the, um, the Jody Jamboree. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually at the Grange Hall because they're not allowed to have it at school. Anyway. So where I'm at right now is George slash Jake was very, very close to revealing everything to her. And he said, what would you do if I took you somewhere in America where you could get a really, really good surgery. The only problem is that you can't go back to Jody. Mm-hmm. And she basically says, well, my life is nothing without you. So if you go there, then I'm going to go there with you pretty much. Nice. That's where I am. Nice. And we we're talking about doing a reading hour today. Yes. Yes. Either of that, 
Yes, today, yes. Yes. And then and then we'll probably do some cooking. And then some cooking. Making a Jamie Oliver recipe. I'm really excited about this recipe. Um, I don't know how it's gonna look, but with uh and and and, and um I think it's really cool that Jamie Oliver likes to use puff pastry in his recipes. Yeah. And this is the first time I bought puff pastry, so it's gonna be interesting. The first time I bought bought puff pastry was for another recipe that he did, and it was right before the pandemic. It was for a puff pastry pizza, pizza, and I screwed it up. I don't remember how. So this is only my second time with puff pastry. We we should um visit that and see um how we can make it. Revisit the puff pastry pizza. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, because it is different. It is obviously different than pizza dough. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It might actually turn out pretty good. It might, babes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm reading this other book, too, about this guy who goes around finding out how physicists uh, do their work, mm. or scientists, and a lot of them are physicists, and that's pretty interesting. Yeah. But um, that's a, that's about all the reading that I've been doing this week. You did more than I did. Oh. But <laughs> this is a long book. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Well, I'm also reading Don Quixote, but I don't know. I'm not really taking that too seriously. I know... Some people think it's the best book ever written. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be funny, though. There's funny stuff in it, but it's uh, it's not my jam. It's not my jam. And I can tell because I've taken two and a half weeks and I still haven't finished <laughs> it. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it, but yeah. Well, you could also revisit it another time. You don't have to finish it. That's you can true. just save it. No one is making you um, read X amount of books every week. Yeah, but it would be nice to say I finished Don Quixote because it is considered a classic. My goodness. Yes. Okay. Yes. J-Lo. Yes. Did you have any dreams this week? Yeah. In fact, I had a dream this afternoon. Go ahead. I had a dream that um, I was expecting something from Walmart. My mom tells me to go to the door with her and I'm thinking, this isn't going to take that long. All she needs to do is just get the groceries in there. So I go to the door with her and I get uh, the groceries in the house. And then somehow we end up driving away from the house. I don't know. Oh. It was kind of strange. Oh, God. And another dream I had, it was very disturbing. I don't remember where I was, but I remember we were having this huge argument about something. And you were just irate. And I was crying and crying and he just kept yelling. And I think at one time you're like, I will never, never, <laughs> whatever you said. Yeah. And I was just crying and I'm like pleading and begging you to stop. Yeah. And usually it's the opposite. Usually I'm the one crying and you're just going on. <laughs> what? Yeah. You never did that. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't, I wouldn't push you to the point to where you were quiet. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, um. Uh, yeah, that was that was a crazy dream. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had a dream that I was hanging out with some of my relatives, but I don't remember the specifics. This was last night. The one I remember a little bit more of was the other day. We're in a townhouse, and you're cleaning up in the kitchen. Some music comes on, and it kind of sounds like Maxwell. Mm-hmm. I start dancing with you, and then I realize it's not you; it's somebody else. And then I wake up. Oh, that's odd. Yeah. So, so at the time, you you saw her, and she looked like me. Yeah, and then she morphed into somebody else. Oh. Oh. 
Like what? I don't know, babes. Oh. Like a non G wool. Oh my goodness. Yes, he morphed into Christian Longo. <laughs> no, no, no. That was a joke. But I'm bumped. Morphed into Christian Longo. Yes. No, and then I'm like, ah, don't kill me, bro. And then I woke up. <laughs> don't kill me, bro. Yeah. Wow. No, no. It, 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 you morphed into like a, another woman. Wow. Yes. What, did you see me changing before your eyes? Yeah, you morphed into Christina Longo. <laughs> I don't know if there is a Christina Longo. You remember that joke that um, Chris Rock did about going back to school where he's talking about, you know, I signed up for black history because I figured, you know, I'm black. They got to give me a passing grade just for showing up. Uh -huh. like, and I thought, you know, I'd put down the answers. Martin Luther King, no matter when I'm asked. What's the capital Zaire? Martin Luther King. Well, what 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 did this person do? Martin Luther King. Uh, who was the woman who like sat on the bus and made people have to protest? And he's like, hmm, are you sure it was a woman? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I know, Martina Luther King. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be the worst, the worst student in a Black History class. <laughs> that is kind of funny, Martina yeah. Luther King. <laughs> That is kind of funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's the capital of Sahir? Martin Luther King? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, are you sure it was a woman? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those are my two dreams. It was very strange. Nice. Very good, babes. Very good. Well, J-Lo. Yeah? Anything else you want to talk about? Um... No, we talked about quite a bit, and a lot of it had to do with stewardesses. Yes, and, and, and Ted, Ted Dance. <laughs> we might just call this in loving memory Ted Dance. <laughs> he didn't die yet. That's true. Ted <laughs> Dancing and, and the Flying Girls or something. <laughs> Dancing with the Flying Girls. Dancing with the Flying Girls. D-A-N-S-O-N with the Flying Girls. But I'm bummed. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm really excited about this dish, Bubs. I am too. We are, uh, and I suggested that we have a side of uh, lumpia because I have some lumpia that was frozen, not not homemade. Yep. And um, all we really need to do is put some oil in the skillet and fry them. Refresh my memory because I have Alzheimer's disease. What's in lumpia? Um, there, there's um, there. Lumpia can be made with vegetables, yeah. or it can be made with all meat. Yeah. Some are made. I think this one is made with both meat and vegetables. But it's not like an egg lumpia or anything. No, they're pretty much like egg rolls, but but, but I think they're better. Nice. Um, and then some, uh, uh, some people make fresh lumpia is when when they have all the stuff with the lumpia, but they don't cook the wrappers. And we have uh, sweet onion sauce too. Yeah, and, and normally I don't put any sauce on lumpia, but this actually might taste good. It might. And if, if we don't use it for that, we'll use it as dipping sauce for our puff pastry chicken. Yes. 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 So when you saw the um, the chicken and how he made it, mm -hmm. did they look, um, were they individually wrapped? Yes, they Hollywood? were. Okay. They were. And, and, and how big were they, roughly? They were like the size of a breast. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they're a pretty good size. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Very good. Very good, J-Wool. Very good. Yeah. And they were looking like uh, like chicken rolls almost. Kind of like that, yeah. Nice. Yes. 
And then tomorrow we're going to make some sandwiches. That's right. With bacon. Bacon. We should do the Sizzlers thing at some point in the future where we do like their cheese toast and we do mm. like their Malibu chicken. Ooh. Yeah. That might be really good. And I know we wanted to do the Tuscan chicken next weekend before I become birthday boy. Hmm, that might be a that might be a thing. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna eat a lot next weekend. We are. Yes. Now that it, that all depends on whether I get a turkey or not, too. We're still gonna eat a lot. We are gonna eat a lot. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, as far as making stuff, because because a turkey, I don't know if I'm gonna get a turkey. We'll have to see. Yeah, if you don't, we'll just have bread and water. No, Bubs. Okay, good. That wouldn't be a good Christmas dinner. Oh, good. Yeah, Jay will go We'll we'll improvise and do the Tuscan chicken. Nice. Nice, yes. <laughs> yes, but we'll we'll make sure we have a lot of food there, Jay. Whoa, that Tuscan chicken was delicious. Oh yeah, and then the next weekend is like New Year, so we gotta eat some stuff then too. And if you want, we can make a, a Tuscan chicken with like a side of potatoes, or that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, we could do that. Well, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Yeah. Yes. Or maybe, maybe I can make some sourdough bread. Ooh. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, good, babes. Very good. Well, babes. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um. Hmm. I don't know. Nice. And we're gonna use a sweet onion sauce um for the chicken and also for the sandwiches too. Yeah. Yummy. Yes. Yes. The lady was really good today who got yourself. Oh, yeah. She was excellent. She mm -hmm. pretty much got everything. Oh, yeah. I was very happy. Yes. Including my hand wash. Nice. Yes. Well, babes. Yeah? Maybe we should wrap this up with a kiss. Okay. See you with a kiss, Bubbles. Bubs. What? No noises, please. Oh, I thought that was you. I'm sorry. No. Alright, Jay Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. Uh.